Now, um, we're going to have a, a kind of some standard questions that we ask people here on, on our podcast. Sure. And so, um, uh, so, he, so here's question number one. What is your favorite word? <laughs> My favorite word, gosh, um, exothermic. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> Welcome to the 918 Podcast, where we celebrate the people and places of Tulsa, Oklahoma. Today, Reverend Aaron Tiger sits down with the Executive Director of Restore Hope Ministries, Jeff Janes. Restore Hope missions to restore families in financial crisis to economic and spiritual vitality. Jeff joins Aaron at Foolish Things Coffee on the south side of downtown Tulsa at 11th and Main. Let's listen in as Jeff tells us a little bit about what he does. So Jeff, tell me a little bit about uh, what in the world Restore Hope is. At Restore Hope, we fight poverty every day. So we started in 1978 as a way for churches to help respond to the people who were coming uh, to their doors every single day, asking for help, asking for food, uh, for the most part. And so the churches got together and said, we need a one-stop shop. We need a place that people don't have to bounce from church to church uh, in order to get help. So we're 38 years old now, uh, just this, this month. And so we are, uh, we're excited about that, and I think we're doing things better now than we ever have before. Um, so, so now what are the things that you kind of, I mean, so many needs in poverty. Yeah. What are some of the big things that you all try to focus so on? From the beginning, we've, we've fought hunger. Uh, we've tried to reduce hunger. And so for 38 years, we've been giving out food to families who are hungry. You know, people who, uh, some, something's happened in their lives, a crisis has come up, and for whatever reason, their pantry is, is bare or, or less full than they need it to be to be able to feed their kids. Jeff went on to talk about the struggle that it was 34 years of feeding people with just giving them food. Until about four or five years ago, they had the brilliant idea to ask a real simple question that they had forgotten. We never asked them the question of what they want to eat. Hmm. You know, it's yeah. a, it seems like a simple question, yeah. but you know, for, for an agency, just asking that simple question, what what do you want to eat? I mean, we had to completely change our food program. Okay. And so we changed our food room. Uh, we changed everything about four years ago. Okay. Uh, so that now when a client comes, when a family comes to Restore Hope, and we ask them, you know, what would you like to eat? We, we give them the food that they've picked. And so they say, well, pick, pick three of the five vegetables. You know, pick two fruits. What, what kind of uh, beans do you want, tomatoes? Do you want cereal or oatmeal? You know, it's amazing. In the wintertime when it gets colder, uh, our oatmeal choice goes way up. <laughs> People want to warm up. Yeah. And, and so, you know, for, for four years now, we've basically done a food survey yeah. of the people in, in need in our community. And everybody, it's, it's like your way right away. Mm -hmm. uh, everything is to order. Everything. Yeah. It's, it's just like if you and I went to Reesers online and, and ordered, okay. uh, ordered food. And, and actually, you know, we, we, we use technology in a cool way for that. Mm. Uh, we actually, a couple years ago, a year and a half ago, created an Android app for our caseworkers to use uh, so that when they're going through the menu, they're using an Android app that then goes through the cloud and prints back in the back. And so it is very literally like ordering from Reesers online where you put the order in and then we fulfill it back in the back. We give out great food, not just food to order, or food that, man, just if you think about the dignity of that, yeah. you know, instead yeah. of getting just a bag of charity, you're getting food that you picked, yeah. uh, that yeah. you know how to cook, 
that you can put on the on the plate for your family. Uh, we also in the summertime get fresh produce from the local farmers market. Uh, farmers will come by. You know, we'll get a farmer who comes by and says, "Hey, I grew this squash, and I'm not going to be able to use it all. Well, can you take it?" And and yes, we can. Uh, we actually have a garden on site. Uh, we a couple years ago we planted a 30 by 10 raised bed at Restore Hope. And so there are days when we'll pick a pepper or tomato and within minutes it is in the hands of one of the families that comes. And so it's really good, high quality, fresh. Uh, and we try to give our families the, the best quality food that we can. Last year we gave out over 200,000 pounds of food to over 4,000 families. I can't even imagine 200. I mean like it's what is? It's 100 tons. How, uh, like what is, how big is like is there a way, like, how many bags of groceries, like, would that, I don't know. Bags of groceries would be tough. The average family of four gets about four or five bags. Okay. Um, okay. And so, if you can imagine 4,500 families, you're in the, you're, you're probably in the 10 to 12,000 bag range. I went ahead and did the math. 4,500 families at five bags of family is 22,500 bags of groceries that Restore Hope was giving out. And not just bags of rice and beans and things you would think, but fresh produce and oatmeal. I mean, coming directly from the garden? Sounds like a meal I'd wanna eat. I was actually really amazed when Jeff went on to talk about some of the other things that Restore Hope does. The other thing that we've done for the last 25 years or so is to fight homelessness. Uh, we're really one of the few agencies in our community that, that focus solely on preventing homelessness. If Restore Hope is not a shelter that houses these people, how do they go about preventing homelessness? A family will call us who has a, a recent and unexpected loss of income, you know, a job loss, a car broke down and they couldn't, they had to pay for the car to get to work. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that, that, that job loss or that income loss meant they may not be able to pay their rent. Yeah. They may be able to pay next month, but this month they might be evicted for not payment. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. and that means they could be homeless. That means they could be out on the street or in one of our shelters. And so what we do is we can often pay that full month's rent uh, and keep that family from packing up their lives and moving into a shelter or on the street. Last year we, we did that for 645 people. The average success of national homeless prevention is approximately 70%, which means that 30% of the cases that they give rental assistance to will end up in a shelter the following month. Jeff and Restore Hope touted a 99.8% effective rate over the last four years, which means that out of the 645 people that they assisted, only one ended up going to a shelter the following month. How were they so successful? What, what makes this company so different? Jeff, of course, boasted about his amazing staff and the particular case management that they go through, but then brought up some interesting points regarding their chapel program. There are other agencies that in order to get help, you have to go through the chapel program. And I get that. You know, as a United Methodist pastor, I think that uh, Jesus is the answer and I want everybody to know him. Yeah. Um, but we don't want to force people to, to go to church or to, to pray a certain prayer uh, in order for us to help them. You know, that's a power dynamic that I just don't want to get into. I don't, and I don't want to dangle that blessing in front of somebody just to have them go to church or something else. I want them to want that. But sometimes we find that, that when we connect somebody to our chapel program, 
that's you know with 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 food we can help for about three days sometimes more than that yeah with rent we're helping for a month on average that's usually what people need yeah um, with our chapel program we're we're offering lifetime help yeah you know we're offering eternal lifetime help and so sometimes that's exactly what people need you know we had a situation uh, last fall we, we helped a man named Robert and Robert was down on his luck. He had been taking care of his family, um, taking care of his mom. That was kind of his job, his yeah. his reason for living. Uh, and and his mom passed away, and he he was at a loss. His family disowned him. Um, he had nothing, and so he came to us for food. And you know our our, our food worker was was really great with him uh, and, and offered prayer for him. And he said he, he he said on Facebook he gave us a review on Facebook and he said. You know, Restore Hope restored my hope today. Hmm. Unfortunately, I'm, 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 I have to tell you, he was in last month. Hmm. And our, our prayer worker came to us. We have a prayer worker every afternoon, and all their, their job is to lift folks up in prayer. If, yeah. if people want prayer, yeah. they come to him and they lift them up. And he, he, he had that prayer meeting with them, and something was wrong. And so he came to me and he said, I need your help. This, this man that I was talking to is contemplating suicide. Wow. Uh, he's talking about ending his life. Hmm. And so I met with Robert, and... And I quickly realized that he had been there, yeah. been with us before. And he, he just told me, he said, nobody will miss me. Mm. There's, not, there's not anybody out there that's going to miss me. Yeah. And, you know, that's when you hear that lack of hope, that hopelessness. Yeah. I mean, not having food is one thing. Not having uh, shelter is another thing. Not having hope. Mm. I mean, it's easy for those other two things to lead to that. Yeah, yeah, and, and honestly, that's what it had happened with Robert. Um, but it was my job in that moment to restore his hope. Mm-hmm. That's what it says on our sign. <laughs> so Jeff met with Robert and told him that people would miss him, that he had a family in Christ, and they connected him with a local church. Jeff told Reverend Tiger that by the end of his visit, he had a smile and he had hope. Okay, so how do we get involved? What can we do? Can we volunteer? Can we be a part of this? We always need volunteers. Yeah. Uh, and so sometimes that's just answering the phones. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's meeting with our clients. Uh, sometimes it's offering prayer. Yeah. Sometimes it's as easy as, you know, one of my, my favorite jobs to, for me to do at Restore Hope is take food out. For the, the you know pick pull those orders yeah those those choice orders and take it out to the family's car um, that's the that's the best part because you're giving that family hope yeah. uh, you're you're giving that family the food and and so when they leave restore hope we want them to leave with a smile on their face and and so you know if anybody's interested in volunteering on our website restorehope.org okay. there's a thing that says get involved and under there's volunteer it talks about some of the volunteer opportunities that we have you know sometimes we need volunteers every week. Yeah. We have people who come, we have one amazing woman who comes on her lunch break every Tuesday. Hmm. She, she works actually not even downtown, but she drives to, to come see us and is there for an hour uh, in our crunch time and then goes back to work. Wow. And, and we make that happen. Uh, yeah. And so we can do that for, for folks you know, in the community if, if people just get in touch with us. So just go to restorehope.org, yep. get involved. Getting involved is pretty simple. They are on all of the social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or if you just happen to be at the 918.org, we will link to their site directly from there. As the interview went on, Aaron shifted the conversation a little bit from being the executive director of Restore Hope to being a father. You're a dad as well. I am. Um, uh, Tell me, like, how do you you start to, like, tell your kids about poverty? Yeah. 
and and kind of what our role is in that. Because I mean, like yeah. you said, you grew up in a bubble, I and did. so like one one model that sometimes we have, and this is a yeah. good model. So we want to protect our kids. Yep. Um, and then, but you also want to expose your kids. Yeah. How do you like manage that tension? <laughs> How do you expose and protect? Yes. It's yes. like send them out with the hazard hazmat suit. No. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jeff starts this conversation by saying that his inspiration comes from a scripture. Luke chapter 12, verse 48, where it says, When someone has been given much, much will be required in return. And when someone has been entrusted with much, even more will be required. Um, And I have been given much, and so Mm -hmm. much is required of me. But I'm also, my sons have been given a ton. Mm -hmm. And so what I, what I try to do with them is tell people, is tell them the reality. And so um, I, my, my youngest son is a little bit too young to come volunteer. He's just two and a half. Um, But my oldest son has volunteered at Restore Hope. He has worked. Now he doesn't, he's not a caseworker. He's not, (laughs) he's not meeting with the clients. Uh, He's not taking the food by himself out to cars. Uh, But he's worked in our school supply program. Mm -hmm. And so he knows that some kids uh, don't get the school supplies that they need. Um, He's worked back in the food room. He knows that some kids... Uh, go to bed hungry at yeah. night, and that's what we're trying to fight. Um, he's worked um, at, at our church to to make bags of rice, mm-hmm. um, and he hears me tell my day. Uh, you know, one of our family traditions is that we, we talk about what our, our day looked like, mm-hmm. and, you know, in my day, I get to see people who are hungry. Yeah, um, yeah. And to, to, you know, that's my hope is that they see that. So What do you, uh, um, so like, we've got sons the same age, six, mm-hmm. and so my oldest, Micah, has said, Daddy, there's somebody on the street who needs help when yeah. we pass by. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't always know, like, I feel bad because you've told me not to give money to people. That's <laughs> something have. not to do. Yeah. And so, but I, I also wonder, like, how do I show compassion yeah. Yeah. in that situation? Because yeah. uh, that's what we're going right. to pass by. Yeah. And, like, how, how, do I, how do I show my son that, oh, well, just... Just go by on the other side. That's sure. not that's not biblical. Yeah, fact. no. Um, but but how do we how do how do, how do I show my son yeah. that compassion, that kind of real life scenario? Yeah. So what I'll say is uh, a little bit of an asterisk to what I say normally, which is don't give money because I think giving money to agencies is better. Mm-hmm. I do think sometimes God calls you to do that. Okay. Um, and so um, and it, especially if you don't know the larger system in the area. First of all, what I would say is, and something I didn't do this last summer, but I wish I would have, is when you're when you're going to go when you travel to an area with your family, uh, look up the homeless alliance hmm. in that community. Just yep. Google the name of the city and homeless alliance, and I'll bet you find something. Yeah. yeah. And um, so when you have that situation, you know who to point them to, okay. what to do. Um, my family went to Chicago um, uh, earlier th- last year, and it was a great trip. We had a good time, but we were walking from the train to our hotel one afternoon, and a woman came up to us with a child, mm. and she needed a little bit of food. Yeah. Um, now I didn't give her money um, because I still don't like giving money. I don't. <laughs> I still don't think that that's the most helpful way to do that. Yeah. Um, but I. I I felt called, felt compelled to, to help her with food, and we were standing right in the parking lot of a White Castle, <laughs> so it was it was handy too. Um, and so I said, "Well, I'll, I'll get you some food." And so we we did that. I went in and ordered it for her and, mm-hmm. and, and paid for it. But while we were going through that process, I said, "Are you connected with a homeless shelter mm-hmm. um, in in Chicago? Yeah, you yeah. know, are you connected with this community?" 
Jeff got to use this as a lesson for Ben, his six-year-old, where he told him that this is fine to do every once in a while, but it's much more important to get to know the resources in your community. And he used Restore Hope as an example. I started thinking about some of the other resources in Tulsa that perhaps we could get involved in. And Jeff explained to Aaron also that there's another group called John 316 and the Salvation Army that give out care cards to people just like you and me, that if we do see these people, it will get them to the front of the line for whatever help they're searching for. As the conversation continued, Jeff left us with some final words of advice. Is build a relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing that I don't want people to do is avert their eyes or walk on the other side of the street. Yeah. Because that's dehumanizing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, pe- people who are homeless are people yeah. Yeah. who are homeless. Mm-hmm. And that's not who, that doesn't define them. Yeah. Um, and so getting to know somebody and then building that relationship, you know, that's what we're trying to do as a way home for Tulsa writ large. We would like to thank Jeff Janes for giving us his time and for sharing with us his passions. We would also like to thank Foolish Things Coffee for its crafted pour over brews and allowing us to record the podcast in their artistic and communal environment. The 918 podcast is an extension of the 918.org, a writing community of contributors sharing resources about Tulsa and life and faith. And this podcast is sponsored by First United Methodist Church in downtown Tulsa. It is directed and facilitated by Reverend Aaron Tiger, produced by me, Aaron Leatherbarrow, and our music was arranged by Jeff Logan. And to close out this podcast, hey, let's listen to Reverend Tiger ask Jeff a few fun questions to let us get to know him a little bit better. Thanks again for listening to the 918 podcast as we celebrate the people and the places of Tulsa, Oklahoma. It's where we live. It's where we love. It's the place we call home. Now, um, we're going to have a, a kind of some standard questions that we ask people here on, on our podcast. Sure. And so, um, uh, so, he, so here's question number one. What is your favorite word? <laughs> My favorite word, gosh, um, exothermic. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> and how about, what is your favorite sound? Oh, man. Uh, you know, that's tough, but I, I, yeah, as a dad... Uh, hearing my boys laugh, especially yeah. when they're laughing together yeah. Yeah. Um, and playing together. Sure. That just, oh man. Uh, what is your favorite Tulsa event? Tulsa event. Uh, as a almost lifelong Tulsa, and I've been to a lot of Tulsa events, but one of the things that we've, you know, and actually it's some, what's one of my son's favorite events is Oktoberfest. Okay. I love Oktoberfest because it's it's got great food, mm-hmm. almost like a fair atmosphere, yep. but really good food, uh, singing, dancing. Okay. What is your favorite local place to eat? Oh. Gosh, well, uh, if I'm gonna go, uh, if I'm gonna have a special night with my wife, we go to the, one of the Justin Thompson restaurants. So Juniper, Tavolo, um, those places. Uh, you know, I've known Justin since we were growing up together, and he does a great job of uh, of cooking and of running a restaurant. And so I love that. Um, who is someone locally that you admire? Oh man. Uh, well, I've had the pleasure to work with a lot of people who are incredible. Um, I got I got to work with Mayor Susan Savage, mm. and I. I told her the other day, I, I love, I still remember the way she ran a meeting and I, I the way, that, the things that she tried to do when she was mayor were really helpful, I think, too, and really visionary. Some of the stuff that we're seeing now, she, she put together. Uh, you know, obviously George Kaiser is a supporter of Restore Hope uh, through his family foundation and is doing incredible things for our community. Um, but Stephen Dow, um, I think, is the... The, the tie that holds those things together for me. Stephen was my boss at the Community Action Project. Okay. And I've seen him take 
knowledge and, and, and studies and research and, and fight poverty and focus his efforts on fighting poverty. They, they've done a lot of things over the years fighting poverty, mm. and he's focused that now on education okay. and doing it in amazing ways. And so Stephen Dow is probably the, the, the one I'd name there. Awesome. So what are we missing in the 918 in Tulsa? What's and, missing? You know, I think uh, we, have a, we, we love our cars as I look out at a vast expanse of parking lot. Um, and when we have a, a, a bus system, um, but we need a transportation culture, a better transportation yeah. culture uh, where, um, it, you know, I go to other cities and there's, uh, you know, better public transportation, whether that's bus or light rail or subway or whatever it might be. Um, and there's a different culture when it comes to bikes or walking. Yeah. Um, you know, I would like to have a better transportation culture. Okay. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Um, final question. What do you consider a hidden gem in Tulsa? What do people need to know about or do more of? Hidden gem, um, you know, it, it's a it's a really unfortunate thing, um, but Greenwood, mm. um, Greenwood, and uh, is it's a place that used to be amazing, yeah. and then unfortunately, people that looked like me burnt it down yeah. uh, in 1921. Um, but it's amazing just to walk those streets, mm. see the plaques on yeah. the ground. There's some amazing food there um, too. I love eating there. Um, and I, my son and I, we love going to the Drillers games, which okay. is right there in that area. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a hidden gym too. It's okay. one of the best deals for your family entertainment in this city. Five bucks, you can get in, have a good time with the family. Yeah. Um, so uh, I think I think Greenwood and, and the Drillers right there. I think that's unfortunately far too hidden. It's getting it's building back up, but I yeah. think it's too hidden for most of Tulsa. Cool, cool. Anything else you want to tell us? You know, I just uh, I appreciate. Uh, the 918 because it, it's it's helping us get better mm. um, and we need to have these conversations and to, to open our eyes to the larger community as a as a lifelong resident of the 918 uh, yeah. I think it's I think if everybody plugs in uh, finds ways to get involved whether that's at Restore Hope um, or other agencies we can we can really make a difference.